0: From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis for more than 20 years.
1: Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide.
0: Hi, I'm your co host, Pat Mitchell Worley.
1: And I'm Jared Boyd.
0: This week on Bill Street Caravan, we're hanging out with the dirty streets. Grammy
1: nominated blues man Guy Davis will be with us to deliver an installment of the Blues Hall of Fame. An exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the blues hall of fame here in memphis tennessee brought to you by the blues foundation
0: that's all coming up right now on bill street caravan hey pat hey jb
1: this week we're getting back to the blues with dirty streets
0: Yeah, you know, we are no strangers to the blues. In fact, we're some of the biggest blues kids on the block. But (laughs) the Dirty Streets? Man, these young guns, they incorporate a special blend of southern rockin' and classic down-home sensibilities that come up with a special blend of that bluesy stuff. That's not
1: all. The group members promise a blend of jazz, Motown, and stacks to pull off their flavor.
0: I think that's akin to what the folks in kitchens across the globe might call a tall order. But we're certain this band has just what they need to pull it all off.
1: The group's vocalist and guitarist, Justin Tolan, isn't a Memphis original, but instead was born in another music city, Austin, Texas, before making the leap to the Bluff City music scene.
0: Likewise, the group's drummer, Andrew, was born in Shreveport, making the lone Memphis-bred performer in the trio the group's bassist, Thomas.
1: However, all three members had a penchant for finding a common ground between Memphis' soul and rock and roll, a feat most real ones out there know isn't too hard when you understand the music style's intrinsic link.
0: Once together, the group took a lo-fi approach to recording, getting together to cut demos on a pretty bare-bones tape recording setup.
1: The vintage, no-frills sound ended up as the group's gift, rather than a curse, helping them cut through the fray to become standouts in the crowded local music community.
0: And they've come a long way since those early recordings.
1: That's right, Pat. They stepped up to the big boy studio, making a pretty lasting impression.
0: In 2009, they released their debut, Portrait of a Man, to much fanfare with audiences throughout the region.
1: And in the years since, they've issued four studio albums with one live record out on the market to boot.
0: That brings us to today's performance, where they performed in front of a lively audience at Growlers in Midtown Memphis, a club that they often performed at. In fact, the first place I ever saw them.
1: Hmm. And you can tell that the energy of the crowd is made up from some other Dirty Streets faithful, those who know the band very well. So here they are, Dirty Streets, live on Bill Street Caravan.
2: Thank you so much, everybody.
3: If you could take that off, I'd be very grateful, thank you.
1: Is more from dirty streets live on bill street caravan
2: thank y'all so much man Thank you.
0: That was Dirty Streets live on Bill Street Caravan. For more from the guys, visit DirtyStreetsMusic.com.
1: We'll be back with more music from Dirty Streets in a bit.
0: Up next, Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation, and it's also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes.
4: Clarksdale hadn't been kind to the gypsy woman. Bo Weevil got most of the harvest, and the carnival just about got stranded. The gypsy woman left her tent to find business. She walked through the scent of popcorn past the ferris wheel. She spotted a group of boys and zeroed in on the one with the guitar. He had an ancient face, skin dark as the night, and eyes hidden deep. The guitar had three strings. The varnish peeled from its body in long strips. The boy carried it like a chicken strangling its neck. She noticed the veins bulging on his hand. Her eyes traveled down the guitar neck to the body. The gypsy woman saw an etching on the guitar's wooden flesh, a pitchfork, symbol of the devil. She looked into his face and told him, You're going to be famous all over the world. His eyes crinkled. You're going to become very rich, she said. His mouth crinkled. Kid, I know you ain't got any money. But one of these days, you gonna be famous. Her eyes released him, and she walked off. For a boy of 12, he had a voice deep and muddy as the swamp. I don't believe none of that stuff, he said. His friends began to taunt. Johnny Lee Hooker gonna be famous. He walked home alone through the moonlight. His feet dragged through the dust. His voice sang soft and deep into the cricket music. Johnny Lee Hooker going be famous. He knew better than to bring the devil over his father's threshold. The old preacher wasted no words on the guitar. He didn't say it was the devil's toy or the devil's box, just called it the devil. John set the devil inside an empty hen house long forgotten where the kudzu smothered the forest at the edge of the family farm. He tiptoed through the woods along the field and surrounded his home. The tin roof on the hooker house shined dull like a pond in the moonlight. John raised a window and slid into his room. He crunched down on the corn husk mattress and listened. His mother and father were fussing. He ain't gonna be nothing, said his father. The preacher's voice grew louder and the intensity of his words spit like righteous fire. He can't read or write a boy of twelve. A moment of quiet came, a heartbeat, then another. Looked like he just got it in him said John's mother. Let him go on. Johnny Lee closed his crinkly eyes and drifted off with a smile on his face, flinching as the door slammed. Let that boy boogie-woogie It's in him And he got to come out And I felt so good went on boogie just the same Johnny Lee headed for school in the morning. He walked out on the road as far as anyone from home could see. Then he ducked into the woods and doubled back toward the falling-down henhouse. Johnny's heartbeat thumped with the thrill of his secret. He practically skipped along, his mind humming with a new song. He couldn't wait to grab the guitar and bring his music to life. The sun lit up the treetops and broke through in rays around the henhouse. John peeked inside. Empty! The devil was gone. The preacher must have got it in the night, John thought. But it wasn't long before John's mother slammed the door on the old preacher instead. She took Johnny Lee to their new home with a man named Will Moore. Will played guitar. John Lee sat at his stepfather's side. Ain't no devil in this world, Will told him. Heaven and hell is right here. Nobody talking about uh, that burning hell. Ain't no heaven, ain't no burning hell. Where I die, where I go, can't nobody tell I said, can't nobody tell. Will Moore sang... I thought I heard that pea vine when she blowed. Just like Charlie Patton's record, the older man gave John Lee a guitar with all six strings and taught the young man what to do with them. Will Moore told John Lee, This is the key to the highway, boy. This tuning, only one you got to know. It's called Spanish, you hear? Don't play no changes, no nothing. "'Just come in from the heart and play guitar with a feeling,' Will said. "'You can't write a feeling on paper. It'd be off the beaten path.' Will played a hopping, skipping beat. "'The foot carried the rhythm,' he said. "'And when you play the boogie, everybody get on they feet.' John Lee gave a crinkly smile. "'You sound like a full band,' he said, and plucked out the hopping beat and patted his foot like Will.' John Lee didn't believe none of what the old fortune teller said, but he decided to take his chances on the gypsy woman's prophecy. I ain't known, he told Will, but I'm for sure gonna get known. With Will Moore's lessons and his new guitar, John Lee Hooker left home. He hiked through Detroit until he reached Paradise Valley. Through the heart of Paradise, Hastings Street ran, and John Lee ran up and down Hastings and throughout Paradise Valley. He found a corner tavern called the Apex Club inside mirrored walls surrounded a mirrored stage. John Lee Hooker's epiphany found him there in the form of an epiphone, the electric guitar that T-Bone Walker gave him. Why you come to Detroit? T-Bone asked. Too many blues singers in Chicago, John Lee said, as he told the slick famous T-Bone about his many years on the go. Wilmore's boogie came to life on that epiphone. T-Bone just shook his head. You write songs, he asked. The crinkly eyes looked up at T-Bone. Never did learn to read or write, said John Lee. I always ran off with the devil when I should have been in school. T-Bone laughed and said, You ain't got to read nothing. Just go to number 3530 Hastings. John Lee soon followed T-Bone's advice right over to the address of Joe's record shop. Joe Von Battle, greeted John Lee. He marveled at the young man's ancient face. I have a recording studio in the back of the shop and pointed at John Lee's Epiphone. Better play it quick before I change my mind, he said. I don't play a lot of fancy guitar, John Lee said. The kind of guitar I wanna play is mean, mean, mean licks. Joe and John Lee passed a bottle of Wild Irish Rose and rehearsed half the night. Okay, kid, you got a voice, Joe told him. And he promised to take John Lee to the two-story brick house where real musicians made records, United Sound. Boom,
5: boom, boom, boom. I'm gonna shoot you right down. Right on for your feet. Take you home with me. Put you in my heart.
4: John Lee showed up for the session carrying only his guitar. If he felt nervous about recording, it didn't show. Joe observed, you don't have no song written down or nothing? He looked at John Lee like he'd shown up naked. What you gonna sing, Joe asked. John Lee looked at him, crinkled his eyes and said, I don't know myself. I'm just gonna open up my mouth.
0: Oh! Thanks for listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. Caravan has brought the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than twenty years, and now you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website, or go to IListenToMemphis.com.
1: I Listen To Memphis is about Memphis music today, the people who make it, and the places and culture that fuel it. I Listen Bill Street Caravan is supported by awards from Memphis Travel and Tennessee Arts Commission. We're back, and if you've just turned us on, we're listening to a live show from gritty rock soul band Dirty Streets, live at
0: Growler's. The performance marked a milestone for the Memphis-based trio as it was an album release party.
1: That's right, Pat. This is their seventh release, titled Who's Gonna Love You?
0: The album is comprised of pre-pandemic recordings produced by Matt Ross-Spang.
1: Ross-Spang, who is now the proprietor of his own new state-of-the-art studio, Southern Grooves, worked with the group at his previous workplace at the iconic Sam Phillips Recording.
0: Spang, of course, is best known for his work with the legendary John Prine. With him, he produced numerous songs as a young gun in the studio. The
1: fellas had a long journey to get this latest record out, and it's finally available to all who want to hear it.
0: And you can tell that their fans are indeed excited to hear it. You know, JB, I can tell you that I saw one of the band's very first shows, and I kept asking people, who's this band that we're going to see? And a friend of mine was helping to book them, and he said, oh man, they sound like this gritty, dirty, humble pie. And I was just like, really? And how old are they? Mm -hmm. They were just too young in my eyes to sound the way they sounded. And this ride has been amazing to watch this band evolve from young players into more seasoned Memphis musicians.
1: Well, here it is, a slice of some dirty humble pie. Here's the Dirty Streets, live on Bill Street Caravan. <laughs>
2: Find a way to find you. I keep myself from going blind if I can see a way to see you through. Grant reason you rescued me from the loving outside.
5: sitting here uh, with Justin Tolan, frontman of Dirty Streets. Tonight they're celebrating the release of their new album, correct? Yep. Can we get the name of that album? Who's Gonna
3: Love You. Who's record, Gonna Love yeah. You?
5: That's the question of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. does the title come from and why'd you pick it?
3: Man, so the title of the record just comes from the song Who's Gonna Love You, which was something I wrote about being on tour and being away from your loved ones and stuff. And it's pretty, pretty self-explanatory, but once I wrote the song, I realized... A lot of the songs on the album sort of encompass the same feel as that song. There were a lot more about longing and being lonely and being away. And usually that's how I choose the album title. I'll just choose the title track that sort of idealistically encompasses everything on the record. Sweet. So, sweet. Yeah.
5: So what does this represent for Dirty Streets and the growth of you guys' career?
3: Man, in a huge way, it was like kind of a departure. We did a lot of new, different type of stuff. We've traditionally been sort of a heavy blues rock band from the beginning. And I gotta say, like, every album has probably got one or two kind of quiet, more low-key songs. This one has almost half the album is a different type of song. So, you know, as you go through the album, you'll get a lot of textures. There's stuff in there that's really classic, dirty streets, uh, you know, more the sound that we've been developing for a decade or whatever. But there's a lot of stuff we, we pushed ourselves a lot in a different way. Uh, we worked with a producer, which we'd never done before, named Matt Rossbang.
5: The uh, The writing for these songs, was it mostly done prior to the studio dates, or did you do a lot of writing after getting with Matt, hooking up with him, and getting in the studio?
3: It's both. It's like the way every album happens for us now is you write all these songs, and I'll take them to the band. We'll kind of work on them, but we, we don't usually finish them until we're about to go in the studio. And then, right at the last minute. I'll always write like five more and get rid of five. You know, mm-hmm. it's like once you get in that role of writing, uh, the creativity starts flowing, and it's you know, it's almost like right before the album, you'll almost write a whole new album. It happens wow. every time.
5: Bands such as yours, that hard blues rock sound, that electric energy that you guys convey mm-hmm. on the stage every time I've seen you play, how difficult, if difficult at all, is it to capture that energy on oh. the record?
3: I think that's been the hardest thing for us. Our first two albums, I remember people coming to see us, maybe first three albums. And people would be like, man, I heard your album online. Uh, Or, you know, I got a copy of your album. I love it, but it doesn't do you guys any justice. People would say that all the time. So, you know, we were at this point three albums into it. I'm trying to think,
2: what are we doing wrong? (laughs) Yeah, You know, our
3: first two albums were recorded entirely live. We didn't do any overdubbing, it was just like, we went in a room and recorded them, so I thought, you know, we must be capturing that live energy. But what it was lacking is just proper production and someone who understands how to make your band sound as big as it does live, because, you know, live is different than on record.
5: Are you on tour right now? Are you kicking off a tour? Are you at the end of a tour?
3: We just got done with a tour in the summer. We did a, like, 27 cities or something wow. uh that was great that was the first big tour we've done back since uh the pandemic and uh right before 2020 we were in the middle of a tour that got cancelled in march of 2020 and we came back and i think in 2019 we did like over 100 shows so we were really kind of starting to pick up a little bit uh, and now we're about to be back on the road again we just found out that we're going to Europe in April. So that'll be a big tour, and I think we're gonna go back out to the East Coast in December, and probably do some more southeast dates and go back out west in the springtime. So it's it's lining up.
5: Man, that's beautiful. You guys are busy. And it's well deserved. You got a huge sound. We love the Bill Street Caravan. You've been thank on the you, show man. before. I personally love it, man. You know that we've that's talked awesome. before. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, one or two more questions, if you don't mind. I'd like to rewind the clock a little bit, man. Okay. Um, where did the idea for Dirty Streets come from? Who put the band together, and, and how'd you guys come together?
3: So it came together really through me and Thomas our bass player meeting years and years ago probably back in before we even played together we met in 2006 and I at the time was playing in some other bands but there were nothing like dirty streets but I'd been wanting to start a band that was basically just a blues based band in some way that's all I cared about I wanted something that had groove and was blues based and uh, You know, just kind of based on a lot of things I liked, which were old school rock and roll uh, things. You know, I loved, at the time, what I was jamming all the time was like James Brown, and I was jamming CCR, and I was listening to RL Burnside, and all this stuff that doesn't really seem like it goes together, but I could see like, oh, this could all go together uh, in one kind of thing that grooves in a certain way. Uh, So I met Thomas we had a conversation and he had heard some of the demos my roommates played him demos while I was out of town on tour with another band uh, 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 so I'm out of town I get back and they're like hey we played your demos we found yeah. them on your computer I'm trying
5: to hook you up man and,
3: and they were like uh, you know what is this stuff on your computer and yeah. I was super embarrassed because at yeah. the time I was you know 21 years old or something yeah. um, I got so embarrassed but then Thomas took me aside and was like hey man I, I like those demos yeah. uh, you, you should do some stuff like that and I was like man I've been trying but nobody wants to do it so at least I had one partner at that point. And so then we just had to find a drummer. So we spent months finding drummers. Andrew ended up moving in down the street from Thomas. Mm. Uh, and he heard him playing drums out the window. And knocked starts. on his door, yeah. And he was like, oh, I just moved from Las Vegas. He's originally from Shreveport, but he'd been living in Las Vegas. Wow. So we were like, hey, can you come over and play with us? And so he came over and jammed. And once again, it's one of those things where he never really played in the band either, but his, his groove and his style, like he had done a little bit of jazz training and, and uh, he, he was doing things like ghost notes, you know? And that's like stuff that dudes my age in our neighborhood, they weren't doing. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this guy, he might not be able to hold it down for very long. He would go off the rails because yeah. he was like a teenager and never been in a band. But I was like, if we, if we hit this hard enough, so you know, it took years to get tight. You know, as well as I do, it's like style is the most important thing. And both of those guys had style, so I was like, okay, uh, this is what I'm looking for.
5: (laughs) What can we expect out of your set tonight, man, from you guys, man?
3: We got a lot of new stuff we're playing. Uh, You know, we'll be playing some quieter stuff tonight, which is new for us. Um, And then we'll be playing some really grooving stuff that's uh, the same old, heavy, dirty streets. You know, Trying to start it off hard and uh, come on stage rocking. And, uh, you know, I think someone told me a long time ago when you're – playing a good set. The point is to take people on peaks and valleys and make them feel every emotion you can. So, you know, that's basically what we're trying to do every night. Man, (laughs)
5: that's a beautiful thing to do. Yeah. But man, I won't take up too much more of your time. You guys have a killer show tonight. Congratulations on the album release, man. Thank you. And we're looking for more from Dirty Streets, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. You take care, Justin, man. Thanks again, man.
0: Here's more from Dirty Streets live on Beale Street Caravan.
2: And we'll let everybody break it. man. I just can't lose. It's all right. It's okay. I look the other way. You get shy.
0: was Dirty Streets live on Bill Street Caravan. For more from the band, check out DirtyStreetsMusic.com.
1: Absolutely. I can't wait to see more from them. I haven't seen them a bunch yet, so I'm really excited to get in
0: front of them and dance a bit. Keep an eye out for the band if they come into your hometown. They're worth checking out.
1: Street Caravan is supported by awards from Memphis Travel and Tennessee Arts Commission. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else.
0: You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? tell us why and use the hashtag I listen to Memphis.
1: Go to our website at billstreetcaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be
0: next. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We'll be back next week, so until then, I'm Pat Mitchell Worley and I'm Jared Boyd, and you've been listening to the Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan.